Well, hey, everybody. This is Pastor Paul from Northview talking to you uh, live. Well, live right now. It's not going to be live when you're listening because this is recorded. Um, and I'm here to host today's extra podcast. Uh, it's good to be back. It's been a while since I've been on here. But with me in the studio today, I have Pastor Vic Schellenberg. That would be me. And you know what? I do not get down here very often either. So this is kind of cool for me. Yeah. 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 We've got a whiteboard here. We did extra large letters just for Vic. Uh, Why is it always an age thing? (laughs) We're going to have to talk about this later, but oh, I tell you. And we also actually have a guest today. Mm-hmm. Uh, our guest is named Jason Kovacs, and Jason is here from Tawasson via Austin, Texas. Yes. Hey? Yeah, long way. Long way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome but here. It's worth it. It's great to be here. Yeah. So, Jason, tell us um, tell us a little bit about that. Like, what, what brought you down to Texas? Because I know you, you were born in, or you grew up around here. Yeah. Uh, but what took you down to Texas in the first place? Yeah, I went, well, my wife. I moved to the States in 2000 after I graduated from Northwest Baptist College, uh, went to Trinity, uh, so grew up in this area, um, and uh, left after that to go down to the States for school, seminary, met my wife, she's from Texas, and I tried to convince her to move to Canada, but she won out and we ended up in Texas. Sweet. And uh, yeah, we're, but we're back. I took me, I, took, us, took me 15 years to convince her to move here, to move back. It's from West Texas up to, because uh, Austin's West Texas, right? Uh, or do you guys? Central Texas. Oh, it's more central. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You guys don't want to be known as West Texas. No, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, what was the best thing about living in Austin? Oh, there was a lot of things, but I, one of the top things was the barbecue. Yes. Yeah, I mean, when I say barbecue, I'm not, not, not Canadian barbecue, which right. is like hot dogs and hamburgers. Uh, yeah. I'm talking no, like beef ribs and oh. pork ribs. And everything and is so extra big there, right? I mean, it's the lone yeah. state that's huge. Everything's big and exactly. steak's big, Yep. barbecue big. Yep. Mm. Football team, not so good, but okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we don't want to go there. No. <laughs> is there a big university there? There is University of Texas, mm. Longhorns. Oh, that's, oh, that yeah. is in Austin. Yeah. Oh, no oh, way. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Right on. Well, you guys uh, listening might be wondering, why do you guys have a guy from Texas on here? Like, what's the deal with this? Well, the reason Jason's on here is because Jason has a, uh, uh, the last uh, 10 years or so, he's been working in the field of biblical counseling at the Austin Stone, which is a church in Austin. Uh, and he was, um, I think you were executive director of the, of the, the counseling, counseling center. We yeah. had a counseling center, but I was also the pastor of counseling at, right for the church. Great. Yeah. And so that's what Vic and I really are here to talk about with Jason today is talk about counseling in general and biblical counseling, getting into that in specific or specifically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, when we look at, guys, when we look at the culture that we live in um, and we and you hear the word counseling, uh, kind of what do you guys think, uh, or, or what have you observed to be kind of the, the overarching um, thoughts on counseling uh, in, well, in Canada, Lower Mainland, but North America even? What kind of, what do you, how does the world, the culture at large, look at uh, the word counseling or what counseling is? What do they think it is? 
Well, maybe it's uh, a little bit genderish in, in saying this, but in in my you know, work here at the church, I've seen those that uh, that come in and. Um, Maybe the women are much more prone to pursue counseling, guys not so much. Um, but those that come I either look at counseling as being that, hey, this is what I need. This is going to correct all the mistakes I have in life. I just need to see the counselor because it is going to be what helps me. And that's that's good. It does help. But I think we're going to talk about it a little bit later on about that. It's not the only thing. Oftentimes in our counseling courses, we draw a wheel and have this wheel. We've, we've talked about a fair bit. Uh, that the wheel of, of a balance in life, that it's not just about counseling, but it, how are we doing physically? How are we doing in terms of our spiritual growth? How are we doing in church connection? How are we doing with family? How are we doing a lot of different other components of life, not just counseling? So we say, yeah, counseling can be a really important part of what we need to grow in and work through issues in our life, but it's not the only thing. Jason, mm-hmm. you probably have some mm-hmm. other things to add there. Yeah, yeah, I definitely see that uh, perspective on counseling as well. The the other side of the end of the spectrum is the those who just think of counseling and they think of uh, a coach and a professional, you know, kind of office that they would go to, and and it really uh, I let people think of counseling with a lot of stigma, like. If you go to if you're going to counseling, then something must really be wrong mm-hmm. in your life. And uh, you know, if you're going to your pastor for counseling or anybody for counseling, um, then something must be really wrong. Uh, and I and I, th- I think that may be the case, and maybe something something real serious is going on in your life. But I, I think a lot of counseling, in the way that I would define it, is, is a lot broader than that. It's not just reactive fixing and and help walking with people in the really dark things of their mm-hmm. life and then mm-hmm. really hard things, but it, it can also be a, something that we do proactively. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And there's, uh, there's a quote out there that people will say about counseling and, um, that I've heard uh, people say, well, everyone's a counselor. What do you guys think of that statement and expand on it? Yeah, I, I would in one sense agree with that. I think, uh, you know, we're all giving counsel to each other. We're all mm-hmm. giving advice mm-hmm. to each other. So in that sense, in that very general sense, we are counseling one another. Right, yeah. Which is kind of a, a scary thing. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, the question is, what kind of counsel are we right. giving? Yeah. What, what's what's mm-hmm. the, you know, the quality of our counsel? Mm-hmm. Where's our, where's the, what's the source of our counsel, mm-hmm. too? Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think as well, it's it's also that listening here. Many times we process things as we are able to talk them through, right? And to have good responses, good feedback are so helpful. And so, yeah, I mean, we are counselors just by the, the very fact that we have a listening ear and one that um, can hear, but then also have, provide good positive feedback mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I think particularly, I know that uh, people often will go to their peers for opinions and counsel that way, but particularly uh, when you're a leader uh, of some kind. So even if if you're a father or a parent, uh, I mean, unless you have teenagers, they don't want to listen to you, but um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. My kids are great. Right, kids? I know you're listening. Yeah. Um, But... um, yeah, the uh, if you're a leader or a leader in the church, of a community group leader, um, uh, or a leader in uh, in a classroom, or um, you know you're one of the 
even even people that just volunteer here on weekends. It's like when visitors come in, if you have a name tag on, I mean, you're seen as somebody who's a leader in this church, and they might come and ask you something about what just mm-hmm. happened in the sermon or what just or or something about uh, faith in general and how how do we handle those kind of questions, which is mm-hmm. which is important because we will give counsel to people, and the question is. Are we giving good counsel? Right. And as Jason mm-hmm. said before, what is the source of that counsel? Because um, I think in the other thing, um, so you talked a little bit about the stigma uh, that can be associated with counseling, and people are scared of... So I remember, I mean, if I think back to when we were first married, and uh, I remember other friends of ours saying to us, oh, you, really, you guys, you should really go for counseling. And like, it's not that we were having a massive issue in our marriage or anything, but they were saying, no, you need to go for counseling to prepare yourselves for when the big things come up. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, counseling. Like, no, it has that, I had that attitude about myself that was like, no, only the people with real problems. Mm-hmm. Like, those mm-hmm. people out there need counseling, uh, which... I think is a false view uh, or a wrong view of what of who needs counseling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's also the view that counseling, in terms of like uh, uh, seeking a a professional counselor or um, getting yeah getting professional help of some kind with in counseling, uh, that that is also going to be like the answer to all your problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we've. We, I mean, we've seen people who have thought that, Vic, and, yeah. and what's been, what's been, what's happened? <laughs> well, we, yeah, having those kind of people come in uh, with an expectation that the solve all, the cure all is me sitting down with the counselor and, like I mentioned before, mm-hmm. not having any other balances in their life or feeling that that is going to be the savior of my situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, they fall short, they realize, ah, after a while, no, this isn't working. And it becomes only more frustrating for them because they put all of their hope into this and it's mm-hmm. not materializing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Jason, any other Yeah, on well, that I think when you're, if that's, if that's your perspective on it, which, you know, we can tend to have, then you're really putting your hope in the counselor in, in this, maybe, maybe the tools that you're looking for from the counselor. Right. And, and so that's the question. What, what are you putting your hope in? What, what is the source of, uh, your, your, uh, your, your hope for your marriage, for mm-hmm. your life, whatever, whatever the issue might be. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I think obviously we, we would say, well, any hope or any hope that we place in man or strategies or tools, uh, is ultimately going to fall short. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. the only yeah. true yeah. place and source of, of hope that is secure is is Christ right. and His Word. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think um, when we talk about counselors, and we, we have a lot of, of good counselors who are part of our church and who live in our community and who love Jesus, uh, and they've they've gone for the training and they've received good training and things like that, um, but there is a lot of counseling that is out there that essentially is just putting a band-aid on an issue uh, that um, isn't necessarily what the person needs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if all we're doing, and when I say band-aid, I'm saying that because a band-aid just deals with something that's strictly on the outside. And that, so if I have a, 
you know, in the words of Monty Python, it's just a flesh wound, <laughs> right? It's, it's just a flesh <laughs> if, if I put a If I put a Band-Aid on, so if you're that knight of, what, the Knights of Nim? Is that what he is? <laughs> yeah. Um, if, if he was just to put a Band-Aid on his arm that just got chopped off, that's not going to help him very much, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a much greater need here. And as humans, we have much greater need uh, within ourselves um, than what is just merely the presenting problem. So the presenting problem might be an, a problem with looking at pornography too much, too much, any of it is too much, mm-hmm. but looking at pornography at all, um, or it might be a communication problem in a marriage. Um, and just giving tools to fix the communication might not necessarily actually get to the real issue, right? which is going to be an issue in the heart of the individual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... When we talk about biblical counseling, Vic, what are we talking about? So maybe just I, I just want to jump back just a little bit here. So a good number of years ago, sitting in this position of being a care pastor mm-hmm. and providing counseling, uh, for me, one of the frustrating things was uh, having the, the challenge of trying to take on issues and not really knowing how to, how to be um, caring biblically for people. Mm-hmm. And so... Happen chance on something called CCEF, which was a, called Christian Counseling Educational Foundation, which for me was so helpful in me understanding what biblical counseling meant, that, it, that there was actually a source, that the Bible actually does speak into all avenues of life. It's just not something that sits on my shelf, or I read it occasionally and get inspired by and say, okay, that was good, but now I live my life. But that the Bible is Integra- integra- how do you say that? Inter- integratedly, mm-hmm. that's still not right. But anyway, yeah, but right. it really integrates itself into our life, and it yeah. becomes yeah. a part of who we are, and it becomes a part of all of the issues that we face. So for me, being able to come to that understanding was so incredibly helpful. So biblical counseling is recognizing that God's Word does speak into all issues, and that we take God's Word, and we apply it to the issues that we face in life, and recognizing that, and uh, you kind of mentioned it already, was it's not about just, you know, behavioral modification. It kind of zeroes in on what is happening in my heart. And Mm -hmm. I I know we're probably going to talk about some verses later on, but God's Word speaks about the heart as being the core, the wellspring of life, where all the things come from. So that's the seed, that's the, the growing. I remember a pastor once having a, the cup on a table and stuff, and he spilt it over, and water spilt all over the place. He says, hey, what came out of the cup? Or what came out of the cup? Oh, water. Yeah, okay. Um, he said, did you expect anything else to come out of the cup other than water? No, because we knew water was in the cup. That's what would come out. So mm. what is inside, whenever it gets bumped, jostled, pushed, prodded, whatever, that's what came out. And so in that case, yeah. it was water. But in my heart, mm. when I get bumped, jostled, pushed, mm-hmm. challenged, over, you know, stressed out, whatever it is, what comes out of me is already have going to have been... Mm. already, you know, resonating inside there, yeah. and this is just an opportunity for it to come out. Mm. So biblical counseling, yeah, understanding that it's the core is my heart, and then also God's Word is the, is the healer of that heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the wonderful thing with what God has done in giving us His Word and, and sending His Son is He's revealed Himself to us. And he's given us a, uh, a, 
a story, and and it's a true story mm-hmm. that we read in the scriptures. The story of redemption, the mm-hmm. story of humanity that that was um, created by God in His image to know Him and have communion with Him, and then fell in the garden, and mm-hmm. uh, and then God enacted His great plan of redemption. And, and mm-hmm. so we have this just incredibly comprehensive, glorious story of who God is, revealing Himself to us, uh, speaking to us in who we are. We we have uh, everything we need to know about our identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible reveals why this world is so broken and has so much mm-hmm. sin in it, and uh, mm-hmm. why there's sin in our hearts, and why there's sin in this world, and yeah. why there's disease and mm-hmm. and uh, and evil. And so I think uh, you know what we have in in the scriptures and in Christ is this incredible gift that uh, that helps us to know. Uh, where we came from and where we're going, mm-hmm. uh, like you said, Vic, it it it, uh, it 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 is the source of perfect revelation for for all the answers that and question our questions that we have. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always give us specific answers to our questions and address everything specifically, but uh, it, it gives us enough mm. uh, to to go on and. Uh, and, and we can know we can trust in it because it's mm-hmm. from God. It's 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 from right. the one who created all things and and knows all things. Amen. Yeah, I think you touched on uh, a good or a great piece there, which I think a lot of people struggle with. The ones that I have met with and counseled is um, the issue of identity mm-hmm. and who who they think they are and who they actually are. So for all human beings, whether, whether you're Christian or not, you are an image bearer of God. You are made by God, and yet you are a broken image bearer. So like while we reflect God's image, we are broken. So you think of a shattered mirror and how that doesn't look. I know that's not a perfect analogy of it, but that's kind of the picture that, that uh, we have when we talk about being broken image bearers, and that brokenness needs to be fixed. Mm-hmm. And Jesus came to restore that. But even then, when people do become Christians, lots of times they still identify themselves as their sin yeah. or as the sin that was done against them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen that, Jason? Yeah, I would, I would say it, even in my own life yeah. and everybody that I sit with, uh, is asking. We're all asking the same question. Mm. We're, we're asking whether we, we're we're outwardly asking it or not. We're we're asking this question of who am I? Mm-hmm. And 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 I think you know in that is who is God and, and does, mm. am I loved? Mm-hmm. Am, yeah. Does He love me? Mm. And and am I, am I someone who is loved? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and after I've done, how can I be loved? Yeah. Right? Oh, especially. after what I've done, yeah, I, I can't. Shame. Like, yeah, yeah, the amount of shame that people carry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that I mean, what you're saying, that's it speaks it speaks right to that 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 God tells us again and again and again who we are. Mm-hmm. We're, we're reminded throughout the scriptures of who we are, and and more importantly, who He is, uh, and what He's done, yeah. and what He yeah. promises. Uh, for our future. Mm. Yeah. Right on. So, um, Jason, in moving up here, you have uh, come... Uh, well, of, so first, I think one of the resources that all three of us would recommend people to read, probably if you're looking at figuring out kind of or getting an idea of what biblical counseling is, would be Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's probably one of the primary books right. that we would 
encourage people to read? Yeah, I, w- I would say if you're a pastor or a leader in the church, absolutely it should mm-hmm. be number one book you read because it, 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 it just gives a great perspective, right. lays a mm-hmm. theological f- right. f- foundation, and, uh, and then a framework for how to actually lead and, and, and love and serve people yeah. in a biblical way. Yeah. And it's written by Paul Tripp, one of our favorite authors, so we can right. endorse that way. Yeah, right? if, uh, we always got to get that plug in for Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. If any of you guys came to the um, pigskin party we had yeah. last week, uh, that was Paul Tripp was the, uh, was the guy doing the interviews on there, interviewing the members of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, but look, one quote from that book, which I think is great, it says, uh, the church is not a theological classroom. It is a conversion, a conversion, confession, repentance, reconciliation, forgiveness, and sanctification center where flawed people place their faith in Christ, gather to know and love him better, and learn to love others as he designed. Mm-hmm. And I just love that because it kind of shows that the church is to be the place where uh, you go for help. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah. that that analogy that people have often said, the church is not a, or the church the church is a hospital, right? People that are sick, people that are hurting, those kinds of people should be coming here, and they should be able to get help here. So, um, Jason, something that you're doing is trying to kind of tie or get churches to start uh, developing biblical counseling within their within their ministries, right? Yeah. So kind of talk a little bit about about your center that you're starting and what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. I think, well, you, you just talked about the church being a hospital, and I think it's uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones uh, somewhere, mm-hmm. uh, maybe in his Romans uh, sermons, talks about the church as a hospital, but really as like a hospital or a medic station mm. on the battlefield, right? which I love, yes. like the, the, mm-hmm. because I think sometimes we think about counseling and the church, and we think that counseling is this place that's set apart from the church, mm-hmm. and you know, you're, you're in the church, and you're doing good, and you're in community, and you're on mission, but then something happens, and you've got to be sent off to the, you know, the hospital that's you know, miles away. And I, so I, I love that image of uh, the, the church being uh, a hospital or a medic station on the field, in the battlefield, because I think that's, that's where we, we get help, is in the, in the church on mission. And so all that to say, like, that's, that's part of what, what my hope is and, mm. and what we feel like God's calling us to do in moving back here is to join Jesus in what he's doing in his church and uh, to, to help support and resource the church with re- really solid biblical counseling, so doing counseling uh, for folks, uh, but, but not, not in a way that we're just a place where churches can outsource their counseling needs mm-hmm. to, but w- w- what my heart would be would be to partner with the church, to help mm-hmm. the church, to support the church. And, um, and so we're doing that, and then... And, uh, and then also doing consulting for churches, helping churches with equipping, with uh, resources for how they start biblical counseling ministries. Uh, and, and I like to say not just ministry, but helping develop a culture of, of care. Mm, uh, so awesome. that counseling, again, isn't this ministry that's you know, over here for just a few Right. Uh, and and the really hurt and the, and the really broken, but mm-hmm. that it, it, it's something that is a part of the very DNA of the church because mm-hmm. we we care for people because Jesus cared for us. 
Mm. And, and it's, a, an, it's an expression and an overflow of uh, the Spirit of God and Christ in us and us living in Christ and, and out, of, out of our identity in Christ. So you're not only talking about tr- you training professionals how to do this more beneficially, you're talking about us as a church and every member of the church being a person that is equipped to counsel my friend biblically, walk with them through issues. Yeah, yeah. I think, one, every person in the church, my, my prayer and desire would be that every person would have a vision for, for a biblical form of counseling, which, mm. which you could uh, maybe also call just intensive discipleship right. or yeah. really okay. good yeah. discipleship totally. or being really good friends. Yeah. Um, and, and so there, there would be a vision. And then there would be some, at least at the very least, that every member of our church and churches would be equipped to to listen, to love, to enter into people's suffering and into into the broken pl- places of, of our lives, that mm. we wouldn't have to put on a front when we step into the church doors, but that the church would be a place yeah. to a safe place mm-hmm. to to mm-hmm. to be messy and to face the mess and to face mm. the the sin and the suffering that that is prevalent in all of our lives. Uh, so equipping at a, at the very least a basic level, and then. And then from there, doing more equipping, kind of, for 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 those that want to okay. do more of it more formally. Yeah. That's Good. awesome. Yeah, and I know. Uh, I mean, that's our heart here, um, in uh, uh, in our care ministry with Vic and Thalia and myself is to uh, build up the uh, biblical counseling that we do, and to also train our leaders here at Northview in how to counsel biblically mm-hmm. when situations arise because when you're when you're sitting around uh, whether it's a bible study table or you're sitting in your home with a community group or you're out for coffee with a friend a situation might come up you might start hearing about uh, communication problems within a marriage or or you might start hearing about somebody's addiction issues and how are you going to speak into that person's life are you going to say oh you know what i'm just going to send you off to to somebody else, or, or, hey, you just need counseling. Well, they don't just need counseling. They, meet, they need specific uh, counseling that's going to be speaking to the heart level of the issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Vic, do you have any examples of uh, something like, like we're, we're talking about, where, where maybe somebody came in with an issue and, and was just looking for healing of the external issue, but really there was something much deeper going on? Okay, so a a couple walking in for counseling and sitting down on the couch across from me, and you just tell by their postures, you know, one on each extreme end of the couch, and uh, in asking what seems to be the issues that you're working through, well, it's we're not communicating well. We just don't know um, how to get our ideas across. It always ends up in some kind of a scrap and fight, so we just Mm -hmm. don't talk. But you can tell that what they're looking for and they're asking as they do ask. So we need some better techniques on how to communicate. And, and that's probably good. We all need better skills at listening and hearing and understanding each other clearly. But at the same time, just by observing them, you can see that it, it's not just a lack of communication. There's some real difficulty that has built up within them and in their heart. There is resentment, there's bitterness, there's anger, there's mm-hmm. unresolved issues that need to be addressed. And so might they benefit from a, a you know a communicative tool? Yeah, they, they could. But really what needs to happen is a recognition that 
each one of them has something to carry here and that they are harboring something against each other. And instead of giving them a book to read, probably the better thing to do is for us to sit down and get down on our knees and start asking God to work on our hearts and soften our hearts mm. and allow Him through His Spirit to begin to work on those issues that really are the core issues rather than just, you know, the mm-hmm. behavioral issues that are showing themselves. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's so true. Um, yeah, our our external, like, uh, well, I think, Vic, you have it open in Matthew 12, which says mm-hmm. that uh, out of uh, the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? Right. And that goes for all of our actions. Like, that's over, out of overflow of our heart, our, our feet walk and our hands move and our eyebrows get raised or whatever, right? Like it's, it's, there's all the body language that we do and the things that we do is, comes out of our desires and our, our want or our, our, our reactions to things that are based on where our heart's at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think another real quick illustration is, mm. you know, how can there be two people in a traffic jam and one is sitting there you know, listening to Praise 105, I don't know if that's... A, <laughs> anyway, listening to a Christian radio station or li- listening to anything, but having a, a great heart and singing along and just enjoying the situation, even though they're stuck in traffic and the very vehicle beside them, there's a guy that's banging on the steering wheel and cursing and yelling and so upset. Mm-hmm. They're both in the same environment, Totally, right? yeah. So mm-hmm. something's different. What is causing them to be different? Mm-hmm. Well, it's some... Did the traffic jam cause them to be either this way or that way? No, they're both in exactly the same thing. So something caused their their behavior to become different, and that also, again, points to the heart. What was in mm-hmm. the heart? The traffic jam was just an opportunity for the heart to expose itself. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so this weekend, we are actually hosting an event here called Counseling in Community, which uh, has been... Uh, so far, we've just talked about it with our leaders here at the church, our community group leaders, Bible study leaders, um, and uh, and we're bringing in uh, a pastor from Westside and his wife, Jer and Jody Adrian, and they're going to be actually teaching through this book, Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands, the basics of this book, and how do you apply that in a small group setting. So uh, they're coming out on Friday, and it's going to be Friday night and Saturday morning. Uh, what other resources, guys, would you point people to in terms of wanting to know more about kind of what biblical counseling is, good websites? Um, yeah, what, do you, what would you guys point people to? Yeah, one, one good resource you've already mentioned is CCEF. I would, mm-hmm. I would say that'd be number one on my list of resources to point folks to. It's just ccef.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one is uh, the Association of Biblical Counselors. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You can Google that, and they've got a lot of resources on there as well. They, they even have a, a training program that, that mm. uh, I really love that also interfaces with CCEF. So uh, th- those would be two websites mm-hmm. just off the, off the top of my head that I'd, I'd definitely point folks to. Great. And then we've got a number of books that we have uh, in stock here at, uh, at Northview uh, you know, with authors like Paulison and... and Paul David Tripp, mm-hmm. uh, again, got to get that one in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and a number of them like that, that, uh, again, like um, yeah. Paul's, you know, Marriage, What Did You Expect? A great book, mm-hmm. again, just helping people understand the dynamics of two sinful people in a marriage and yeah. how, that, mm-hmm. uh, how that plays out in real mm-hmm. life, right? Yeah. yeah. 
or uh, good and angry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that? That's Paulison. That, that, yeah. that was Paulison. Yeah. Like, it's Paulison or Welch. But uh, yeah, they were talking about how uh, how we respond to people's actions against us. How do we deal with anger? What is good anger? What is uh, sinful anger? Yeah. And how do we deal with that? What's going on with our own hearts mm-hmm. when we're talking about anger? It's a great book to look at. Yeah. Um, and uh, Jay, what about for your center? Do you have a website up or anything? We're, we're working on that. It's almost up, but you okay. can, uh, by the time this is, this is out, it, it, it should be up. Oh, great. Uh, gospelcarecollective.org. Perfect. Uh, people can find us there. Sweet. Okay, and one more question for you guys before we wrap it up for today. What uh, texts from Scripture have you found to be the most, uh, well, or, I mean, all Scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching and training and rebuke and from uh, yeah. 2 Timothy 3.16, but um, what uh, Scriptures in particular have you guys found to be really beneficial while speaking with people about issues that they've come to you with? Mm. Yeah, I, I find myself going to Romans 6, 7, and 8. Okay. Those three chapters, mm. um, not a specific word, but just all three, because I, I think those three chapters, Paul lays out for us just this picture of what I find, even for my own personal life, like the, the description of my uh, stumbling forward in sanctification mm. and my... Uh, you know, my own, and, and, and sitting with people, they, I see this and I hear this all the time, this, this wrestling that we have with sanctification and how slow it can feel mm-hmm. and how, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Romans 8 talks about we groan, we're groaning, and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and then, but, but Romans 6 says, you know, we've died to sin. It, mm-hmm. And we no longer live in it, and, and we've we've been raised to walk in newness of life, and so it speaks to our identity and and the reality and our relationship with sin, and 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 the fact that sin does does has no defining role in our lives any longer, um, and and so we have to reckon with that, and 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 I love that Romans mm-hmm. six says like, reckon yourself, reckon yourself, like it's Paul reminding. The Christians, you know, this is who you are. You really have died, mm-hmm. and uh, but then in Romans seven, it's this battle with like Paul saying, "I I do what I don't want to do." Yes, you know, which I think, you know, whether that was him as a believer or back when he wasn't, right. it's sort of like, man, we've all experienced that. Mm-hmm. We've all felt that way. Like, well, I do what I don't want to do. Who who? But it's not me. It's sin living in me, and and mm-hmm. it's this flesh and this old man. And mm-hmm. what do I do with this? That desperate cry that Paul has and, and, and expresses there, you know, who will save me from this body of death? We've all share, said that. We've yeah. all expressed that, yeah. every believer. And so that's encouraging. I just mm-hmm. say to people, you know, man, you're not alone in your mm-hmm. struggle. Mm-hmm. You are not alone. Mm-hmm. This is the, you know, this is Paul, the apostle, maybe the godliest, you know, guy that next to Jesus yep. that ever lived, right? Yeah. Um, and look at him. He he shares your experience, um, and then he says, "But thanks be to to mm-hmm. God, and thanks be to Jesus, mm-hmm. who rescues me." And there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. Yes. Right. Yeah. You know. So Praise all God. the way through, I tell I tell people all the time that you know we live our days jumping around from Romans six, seven, and eight, and you know one you know one moment we're in Romans six, believing mm-hmm. that we've died to sin. The next we're in Romans seven, and then we're in Romans eight, and we're back 
and forth, back and forth. Mm. And I think there's just so much hope that we find in that mm. in, in those scriptures. Yeah. Okay. You, Vic? And I'd say uh, Colossians three has been one that I really really enjoy. You know, great a great template about what we put on, what we take off, right? And so take this off. This is not you know the of the appearance of Christ. And then also this is what you put on. But it's not by my own effort. It's not because okay, I'm just going to try harder, yeah. suck it up, and we're going to you know be nicer, be kinder, all of those kind of things. Because I think it, it wraps up really nice in, in one of the verses in verse 15, or 16, pardon me, where it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Mm. And it's God's word. God does the work within me. As I focus on him, as I refresh myself with him, as I allow his spirit to work in my life, he does the work of change within me. Mm. So my goal is to keep on developing those affections for God, keep on growing in my intimacy with him, and he begins to work and chisel mm. away at those areas of my life. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I've also found the Psalms to be amazing because uh, they're, the psalmists are so honest with what they're facing. And so when you're helping somebody through a time of grief, you can take them into the Psalms and just say, look at David crying out like, my God, my God, yeah. why have you forsaken mm-hmm. me? Right? Which is Jesus says from the cross as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just shows that we can be completely honest with God about whatever we're facing and know that he is listening mm-hmm. and that he cares and that he sees us and that he is uh, loving us and is with us regardless of how bad life is, which I just think is amazing. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I, use, I use the Psalms a lot mm-hmm. with, with folks that I'm sitting with, and it just to say to them, hey, look yeah. look, look at what this... If, if we brought David in to lead worship at our church, and he you know, started <laughs> using some of these Psalms, we'd probably kick him out. <laughs> like he's too honest. <laughs> yeah. And Because uh, right. I find a lot of people fear that if they would actually be really honest, mm. that they'd yeah. be wrong. They'd be sinning yeah. somehow, and, and mm-hmm. I think God is bigger yeah. than... Than, than we really can think he is and can handle. Yeah, he already knows. He already knows what we're That's thinking right. and feeling, anyways. Yeah, for sure. You know, and it's it's as we lay our hearts before the Lord that He transforms them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, awesome guys. Well, guys, thanks for joining us today, Vic, Jason. Thanks for being here. Um, for you who are for you all who are listening, said y'all, y'all for Jason's where did that sake. Y'all come I, from? <laughs> I lived in the South for three years too. I can yeah. say. Uh, I have the badge of honor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, but no, help I'm me just... get rid of my southern accent. I gotta, <laughs> oh, no, I gotta get good. rid of it. Um, but for those of you who are listening, who um, uh, might be experiencing issues, uh, I know um, a lot of you probably are. Um, when you hear us talking, I just want you guys to uh, to remember these things. To be be honest with God when you're praying cry out to him. He is hearing you. He is listening. Uh, But also, the other thing is, feel free to come to us. Contact us about uh, what's going on. Vic or Thalia or myself uh, would be happy to sit down with you and and hear about what's going on in your life and to help you and to help you through the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you'd like, we can also refer you out to uh, counselors that we know in the area who uh, we have a list of counselors that we vetted who we know love Jesus and want to see you uh, helped in the greatest way possible. So uh, just don't be scared to reach out to us. Uh, we, as your pastors, love you and we want to help you. Uh, yeah, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs>
So thanks everybody for listening and uh, tune in next week for the next episode.